Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. Today, let's listen to the word of God and introspect the areas of life we have brought honor to God and repent of those areas we have failed to bring honor to the one all honor is due. Are you ready to read the word? Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12 onwards. This is a story that many of us may be familiar with, but we'll still take time reading and understanding what the Lord is speaking to us. You ready? Now, the sons of Eli were scoundrels. This is in the Bible. It's okay to read it out, okay? What does the Bible say? Now, the sons of Eli, they were scoundrels who had who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Who are we talking about? The sons of Eli. Who was Eli? Eli was the high priest in the nation. Eli was the leader, the political leader, the spiritual leader, the economic leader of the nation of Israel at this point. And the Bible says that his sons they did not have any respect for the Lord and they did not have respect for the work that they were doing in the temple. They did not have respect for their duties and because of which it overflowed in their actions. It showed up in their actions. You know, what you do is an overflow of your heart attitude. Never think that, you know, you're bad because of what you did. No, no, no. What you did is just a symptom of what is going on in your heart. Sometimes we spend the entire life trying to modify a behavior on the outside. Modify a habit to modify a, an issue that we see on the outside. Let, let's say that you have a problem with temper or that you have a problem with uh, you know, lying or money or whatever things you have as a problem that is a sign of something deeper. Here you see that the deeper issue was that these guys, they did not have respect for the Lord and they also did not have respect for their calling, for the work that they were doing in the temple. Because of which, you will see what happened in their life. Read on the next slide. The Bible says, Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons they would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork. And while the meat of the sacrificed animals was still boiling, the Bible says the servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. See, this is messing with the offerings, with the worship that is being brought to God. The Bible says that these guys, they would stop the worship that was brought exclusively to God. They would steal from the worship. They would stop the worship midway. They wouldn't allow the worship to be completed. Like, you know, when, when God gave an ordinance as to how the worship should happen in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You know, we in our Bible reading plan, we are in the book of Deuteronomy now in the Old Testament, right? Now, in these books, you will get to read details of how you should worship. But when it comes to this particular time of history, the Bible says that the sons of Eli, they would make sure to not allow the worship to complete. That when the worship is still going on, the servants will come to take the meat away. The servants will come to take away what was supposed to be given to God. Now, as a matter of fact, what they were taking away actually belonged to them. It didn't belong to anybody else. They were priests. As part of their priestly privilege, they were allowed to eat of the offerings that were brought into the temple. But there was a certain disrespectful attitude towards God. There was a disrespectful attitude towards the people. You will see that in the next line. Let's read on. It says in 
verse 15 sometimes the servants would come even before the animals fat had been burned on the altar do you remember in the old testament one of the requirements was that the fat it belongs to the lord so the fat had to be burnt on the altar every single time and it says that even before the fat would be burnt these servants would come and what would they do they would demand the raw meat before it had been boiled why so that they couldn't use it for roasting they had other plans for their dinner they were like we don't want it like this we'll take it and we will use it the way that we want to use it and and there was a certain amount of pressure upon the people there was a demand that was placed upon the people to do things in a certain way the bible says the man that is offering the sacrifice they may reply saying you can take as much as you want no problem but this is what the bible says that the fat it must be burned first then the servant would demand and say no give it to me now or i'll take it by force so when they did this to people what they were doing is they were showing their disrespect to god because these people they were in church not for eli's sons they were in church not for eli they were in church to worship god their offerings their sacrifices were a, a, a sign of their honor for god and when eli's sons when they when they would come in between and they would demand and manipulate and control and change and they would try to divert the worship that was supposed to go to god and they would try to uh, demand and force their will upon these guys the bible says god saw that as disrespect to him god saw that as a disrespect to their callings to their priestly duties so let's read the next verse are you ready for this is very scary loudly verse 17 so the sin of these young men loudly one more time so the sin of these young men was very serious in the lord's sight why because they treated the lord's offerings with contempt if there's one thing that you cannot disrespect it is someone else's worship if there is one thing that you cannot meddle with it is someone else's love for god there was this woman who came to worship jesus and she broke the alabaster jar at the feet of jesus jesus got very mad at judas because he was questioning this lady's genuinity is like hey can't this be used to give it to poor people do you even know her character do you know what she has done do you know that she is not allowed to touch you like this all these guys that had this opinions about her worship jesus immediately rose up to defend her and said no this is an area where you cannot touch because she is doing what she is doing out of her revelation if you are trying to meddle in this if you are trying to stop it if you are trying to manipulate it if you are trying to demand it it is going to hurt because the bible says whatever these young men did it was very serious in the eyes of the lord you know it was not even their worship it was not their lack of you know love for god it was the fact that they just wanted to you know enjoy that priestly privilege in such a way that it will also bring them some blessings it will bring them some uh, additional benefits they wanted things to run their own way see they they didn't in if you read Aaron's children when they offered a worship to god you remember they offered a a a, a defiled fire to the lord and god came and consumed them what are the names nadab and abihu You remember this in the old testament guys we need to read the book of exodus leviticus more often yeah and in the same way here it is not that they offered something bad to god it is that they did not treat the people other people who were offering worship to god in the right manner so can it be 
that we can love God, we can do everything right in our relationship with God, but then there is a way that we treat our brothers and sisters in the house of God. There is a way that we treat other worshippers of God that can, in fact, be looked at by God as dishonoring God. You know, all of us, we honor God, right? We, if, we, if I tell you uh, to, to say something blasphemous about God, you would say, no, you would never do that. But if I ask you to gossip about your brother and sister, you know, please tell me, what do you think about the way that, you know, that guy worships? You will give me a 10-point sermon as to why that guy is, you know, outside he is very good, but inside, no, he is not worshipping from his heart. I know why he's there. He, all he wants is... And, and we are masters at judging people. We are masters at judging someone else's worship. We, you know, we don't judge a person by, you know, how God judges a person. We, we have our own preconceived notions. And, and based on that, we say, okay, no, 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 this person's worship is not really up to the mark. And, and we have our own... Uh, you know, things to say about other people's worship. And that, in God's sight, it was a very serious offense. And the Bible says that they, when God saw this, they, God saw it as them treating the offerings that were being brought to God with contempt. The Bible says in the next verse, verse 22, we'll jump a few verses. It says, now, Eli, he was very old. But then he was aware of what his sons, they were doing to the people of Israel. So it was not like Eli wasn't, you know, aware of what was happening. Even though he was old, even though he was unable to physically overpower them, he was completely aware of what they were doing. And, and this is what the Bible says. It says, for instance, he knew, the next verse, that his sons, they were seducing the young woman who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. So this is the same thing because these women, they are coming to worship, to assist where? In the tabernacle. They are not just the worshippers, they are the ones who are coming to help with the worship of the tabernacle. And what did Eli's sons do? These, these women, they would come to direct their service, their work unto God and Eli's sons would redirect it to themselves and say, hey, come, come. Let's spend some time. Let's go out on a coffee. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's, you know, these people, their motive for coming to church, Eli's sons I'm talking about, their motive to come to church was to benefit out of their, you know, priestly privilege. You know, all of us, we have a holy, sacred privilege in the New Testament church. But my question is, why do you come into the house of God? Why do you want to fellowship with one another? Is it so that you can benefit out of this? Is it so that you can, you know, find somebody to get married to? Now, if you want to get married, it's better that you get married from people in the church, in the body of Christ. But let me ask you, are you serving God so that, you know, you can find somebody in the church. Are you, are you doing certain things so that people can see you on the stage? Are you doing certain things so that, you know, you can be appreciated? Are you doing certain things so that people can, you know, say, wow, what a nice preacher or what a nice singer, what a nice, you know, musician. And I'm, I'm not saying that you will not be blessed if you serve God. I'm not saying you will not be famous if you serve God. You know, when you serve God, you have to be in the spotlight. People will praise you. People will appreciate you. People will celebrate you. No doubt about that. But when the purpose of coming to God, when the purpose of your worship, when the motivation for your service becomes people's appreciation, becomes, you know, getting something from people, then we are doing exactly what Eli's sons did. Where these women, they came to worship God, but then Eli's sons, they seduced. They said, come to us. Not to God, but come to us. And that is a very dangerous place. Because the Bible says, God saw this sin, and God said, this is 
very serious in my eyes. This sin is very serious in my eyes. You know, if, if you want to benefit, if you want to be, you know, if you want to make money, if you want to, you know, do something for your growth, there are so many other places to do, but not in the house of God. Jesus, he was so upset because he found people, they were selling money, selling stuff in the house of God and they were, they were exchanging currencies and they were doing all these things in the house of God. Jesus, he was so upset that he became violent. The same Jesus who said, you know, if somebody slaps you, let the other, you know, show the other cheek. Do you know what Jesus did when he saw, you know, this happening in God's house? He took a whip. I'm, I'm not talking about an Old Testament God. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, when I, when I hear, uh, you know, the other day I was listening to a man of God preach and he was telling us about how, you know, the Old Testament God is different from the New Testament God. And I'm like, no, it's not true. The New Testament God is as angry at sin as the Old Testament God. Here you see Jesus, he takes a whip and begins to overturn the money changers tables and he is you know throwing each and every one of them out of the house of God I would ask Jesus Jesus are you the person responsible for this church you know are you the high priest or what 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 role do you have in this place to do all this and Jesus said hey my father's house shall be called the house of prayer you guys you've made it into a den of robbers can we come into the church every week saying, this is my father's house. This is not my house. This is my father's house. And in my father's house, I, am, I should be doing my father's business. Not my business. That's why Jesus said to his mother, don't you know I should be about my father's business. You know, the thing is, when we come to church to increase and grow our business, to increase and grow our social media followers. When we do church because we want to become wealthy, when we do church because we want to look good before others, we are doing exactly what Eli's sons did in this particular story. And the Bible says that God found it as a very serious sin. The Bible says in the next verse, verse 23, so Eli, when he heard this, he said to them, I have been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things that you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? Not once, not twice. All of us sin. All of us make mistakes. All of us have done things that we regret, right? But the problem is when we keep engaging in a pattern of behavior again and again and again. When we keep leaving an open door for us to go back to doing the same things. And that's, that's where Eli said, why are you doing this? Why, you, why do you keep doing this again and again and again? Verse 24, you must, come on loudly, you must, you must stop my sons. This report that I hear among the Lord's people, it is not good. So this is a father who is heartbroken to hear these reports. He is telling this to his son saying, these, these reports, what I'm hearing about you guys, it's not good. So you must stop. See, he's, he's unable to physically stop them, but he's giving them an instruction to stop. Then he, then he gives us a wisdom, which is like, I, I believe it's very powerful that we need to understand what it means. In verse 25, it says, if someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, <laughs> who can intercede? Do you see what Eli is saying? He's saying, what you did to that man who was trying to worship, you didn't do it to him. You did it to God. What you did to the woman who came to assist in the work of the temple, you didn't do it to her. You did it to God. See, if, if it was not in the tabernacle, if it was not because you were doing certain things here, if it was in your office, let's say that you had a problem with somebody and, and, and something went wrong, that's a different thing because now it's between two people. 
and then god can come in between and intercede for you god can set things right but then eli says wait a minute but that's not the problem here the problem here is that this person is not the one you sinned against the person you actually sinned against is god who can take your case now who can help you where does anybody have the courage to now come and intercede for you when you are sinning not against man but you are sinning against god do you want to know what eli's sons did this is what the bible says read verse 25 further on this but eli's sons it says they wouldn't listen to their father why for the lord was already planning to put them to death wow this so scary for me because it shows that their ability to repent had 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 been squashed their ability to listen their ability to obey had died why because they had crossed the limit they had reached the place where god said i i have to get rid of this guy i have to destroy this guy i have to have to kill this guy so now he these guys they even though they have instruction even though their father is mentoring them even though they they have the right advice now they don't have the ability to obey why because they have crossed that place into saying okay god has decided that i that that i have decided to put them to death so now so it's not like this is the first time that you know eli is advising them it would have been a consistent you know advice whenever eli would hear of a bad report eli would call them and say can you please change can you please stop can you please don't do this again but then because they didn't listen over a long period of time finally they crossed over into that place where you know god said okay this is it i have to put an end to this now they don't have the ability to obey do you know that when when you come to church and when you listen to a word your ability to obey also comes from god that if we are pride if you if if we have pride if we are going to be arrogant if we are going to be stubborn saying i know what i'm doing you know i i believe what i'm doing is right then you will not have the grace to obey but the bible says god resists the proud but he gives grace to the so if we come into the house of god and we are willing to humble ourselves in the presence of god then this is what god does he gives us the grace to obey so what we need today is not another sermon and and we go back feeling wow we are blessed we are happy no what we need today is the grace to obey and grace is given only to humble people and grace is given only to the broken people grace is not given for those that are that are self sufficient grace is not given to those that feel that they are qualified that they are righteous they are good enough grace is given to those that believe that they need god that believe that they are dependent on on god's voice so this morning if you're hearing my voice friends you still have the opportunity to repent you know where are those areas where your worship is being compromised you know where are those areas where someone else's worship is compromised because of you you know what are those places where you're not able to uh, just you know get out of a pattern of sinning and pattern of moving to a pattern of following god can you repent for those areas today before it is too late in the eyes of god can you repent of those things before god says i i don't think there is any more point in waiting on this guy because if he is hurting another man i can come in between but he is not hurting another man he is hurting me i have to get involved in this see when jesus appeared to saul on the way to damascus jesus didn't say why are you hurting the church jesus said why are you persecuting me whatever you do to the church you're actually doing it to me if you did it to the people of the world it's a different thing but if you do it to my house to my people you're actually hurting me so one day the bible says a man of god came to eli and gave him this message from the lord i revealed myself to your ancestors when they were still 
Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. Whenever God speaks to us, he would always reveal his history with us. See, the history that we have with God has to become the foundation for the new, the future revelations that we will receive from him. The history that we have in our relationship with God, where we come from, which church we have received the Lord, which river we are planted in, which stream we are connected to. And here, God is reminding Eli, do you know that your forefathers, they were slaves to Pharaoh? And that is where I revealed myself to your ancestors. And then, this is what I did. From all your people of Israel, I chose your ancestor Aaron from among all the tribes of Israel. Why? To be? To be my priest to offer sacrifices on my altar. So, so there was like some Sitzlak people, Sitzlak men who left from Egypt. Okay, 600,000 men. Out of them, God saw Aaron qualified enough to become the high priest of the nation. Okay, Moses was also a Levite, but Moses was given the uh, political office in the nation. Moses became the leader, whereas God chose Aaron and God said he will be the high priest and his generations after him will become the next leaders, the next spiritual leaders over the nation. So God is revealing to Eli his history. And he's saying, I revealed myself to the entire nation. But among the whole nation, I, I narrowed it down to the family of Aaron. Your family, I chose your family specifically. Why? So that you can be my priest and so that you can offer sacrifices on my altar. Go on. And then... I assigned you to burn incense and to wear the priestly vest as he served me. And then I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you priests. Do you remember I told you that whatever they were eating, that was actually assigned to them. It was not something that were not allowed for them to eat. Just that they, they took it before it was complete. They took it before the fat was completely burnt. And in doing so, the offerings were not made to the Lord. And it says, and, I, and this is what I did. I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you, priests. Verse 29. Now God is asking Eli. Okay? In all of this, Eli was not the man who did this. Who did it? His sons did it. But the man of God, he didn't come to the sons. The man of God came to the father of the house. And he is asking them, asking him, why do you scorn my sacrifices? And why do you scorn my offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people Israel. Do you see God's concern with them? God is saying, this offerings that were being brought, it was supposed to be for me and I am the one who has to give you. I am the one who assigned a portion of it to be your blessing. Which means when you serve God, when you come to this house, when you're planted in a church, when you're in a community, God has assigned for this church to become a blessing to you. God has assigned, God has planned that this church will be the reason why you will find a godly life partner. God has assigned that this church will be the reason why there will be food on your plate. God has planned that this church will be the reason why your business will prosper. No doubt about it. But when the reason for coming to the church, when the motivation to come to church is so that we can become fat out of what God is doing here, that is when we are making that mistake. See, I'll tell you this. You, you don't have to ever, ever pray for God's blessing over your life. You don't have to. You don't have to pray for provisions in your life. Jesus, he said, don't you know that this is what unbelievers do? This, isn't this what pagans do? They are worried about what they lead, who they'll marry, where they'll live. You and I, we have a father in heaven who knows everything that we need. And when we operate like them, we are operating like orphans. When we behave like the people who are not in the church, 
who are not, who don't have a revelation of the Father in heaven, then we are operating as orphans. And that's why Jesus said, don't you know that your Father in heaven knows everything that you need even before you ask, even before you pray, even before you, you know, even before you open your mouth to, you know, say, God, I need something or I, I want something. So even before you want it, God knows that that is your need. So then I know what is your natural question. So what should I pray for? What should I ask God for? I'll come to that in a bit. But can I, can this get into your spirit for now? Don't pray for your blessings. You just remain connected to the place that is meant to bless you. Your blessings will come to you. You, you remain connected to the house where offerings are supposed to be, become a blessing to you. Man, at the right time, it will come to you. You don't have to come put your fork and try to take it out, try to steal it out before time. And some of us, we, 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 are like, we are like, if only I can fast for 40 days, what should come in the next 10 years, I'll get it today. Yeah. And, and we think that we are doing a very smart and spiritual thing. We are doing what Eli, Eli's sons did. It was not supposed to be taken before time. And the thing is, God allowed it. That is a sad thing. God didn't send a lightning from heaven to just stop them the first time they tried doing it. God allowed them to do it till they crossed the threshold. The Bible says, you and your sons, they have become fat. They have become fat from the best offerings of my people Israel. So in other words, we, you know, we can become fat from the blessings of God or we can become fat because we are taking things for ourselves. That is the shift of attitude that we need as a church. We, we don't need to fight for ourselves. We, we don't need to take things for ourselves. We have a father who prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We have a shepherd who leads me. We, we have a light who, who, who is going to be there for me in every season of my life. I don't have to go take what belongs to me. No, no, no. That's not how the kingdom of God works. I'll tell you where you need to fight. I'll tell you where you need to become aggressive. But it is never for your benefit. I'll tell you that if, if your spiritual warfare and if your prayer is so that you can become wealthy or so that you can have a better life partner or because you want to have a better job, then I think we, we are completely misguided. But there is a place where you can fight. It is not for you. I'll explain that to you. Okay, let's move on. Verse 30, therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promise that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priest. But then I'm changing my mind. In the next line it says, but, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think Likely of me. In other words, because I placed your family, you know, as a, as a family to do the priestly duties and I assigned, you know, the offerings to be uh, food for you guys and I chose your family, I, I selected your family to be the one that will always serve me. But then I will also honor the ones that honor me and I will despise the ones that will take me lightly. And Eli, that is the mistake that your sons and you have done. You know, what was, the, what was the one thing God told Eli? That you honor your sons more than you honor me. So it's not like Eli didn't honor God. But that in comparison, his love for his sons was more than his love for God. Let that just sink in. I'm not saying that you, you don't love God. But let me ask you do, you, do you love God enough to sacrifice some of the things that are very dear to you now? Do you love God enough to, to give up some of the things that, or disconnect from some people or to just, you know, cut yourself away from you know, things that don't bring pleasure and honor to God? And then God tells him, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think Lightly of me. Verse 31, he says, So the time is coming when I will put an end to your 
family so it will no longer serve as my priest. Isn't that sad? Like, if you read the previous verse, what did God say? I had promised. Now God is saying, I'm changing my promise. Yes, I had promised this. Yes, this was the prophecy over your life. Yes, I had declared that you will be a blessing to nations. Yes, I had declared wealth to become portion and part and portion of your life. But I've changed my mind. But all of a sudden, because of your dishonor for my house, dishonor for me, I have changed my mind. And this is what I'm going to do. I will put an end to your family. And I will, they will no longer serve me as priest. When God says they will no longer serve me as priest, you know, Eli's sons, Eli's family line still did extend. But the problem is that they were no longer allowed to serve as priests. I think it was in the days of David when Eli's line was completely stopped from serving into the line of priests. You know, the ultimate blessing that we have as in the church, in the, in the New Testament, is that we are allowed to serve God. If God had to disconnect us from our willingness, our ability to serve Him, there's nothing left. That is the greatest blessing. That is the ultimate thing. Church, you may be doing a lot of things out there in the world, but if you're not able to serve God, if you're not able to be a part of the building of the church of Jesus on the earth, then I'm telling you, you're not blessed. No, 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 you're not blessed. You may have all the money in the world. You may have the best family. You may have the best children, the best cars to drive, the best education. But if you're not able to serve God, I'm telling you, you're not blessed. Because God says that I'm going to put an end to your line of serving me as priests. But on the contrary, read verse 35, okay? Then the Lord says, then I will raise up a faithful priest. So instead of a priest that is dishonoring me, I'm going to raise what? A faithful priest who will serve me and do what I desire. And when, when I find myself somebody like that, this is what I will do. I will establish his family and they will be priests to my anointed kings forever. They will be leaders. They will be the ones that I will use. Now, this is how God always does. God looks for faithfulness and then God establishes that person. And whenever there is lack of faithfulness, there is grounds enough for God to you know, destroy all the commitments that God has made to that person. And so God is saying, instead of your family that has dishonored me, I'm going to raise a different family, a family that is actually going to do what I tell them and, and they will serve me in the way that I desire. Do you want to read about this priest? You know, till now, we were in the negative side of the sermon. If we stop here, we will all go back sad. <laughs> if we stop here, we will all go back saying, man, you know, today's sermon was very judgmental and condemning. See, I had to share the condemning part of it so that, I, so that when I share the sweet side of it, you will enjoy this. You ready for this? Let's read about this faithful priest that God would raise up. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 10. Hannah. You know this lady by the name Hannah? It says, Hannah was in deep anguish. She was crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Sometime back I told you there is a kind of prayer that is allowed. You know? Now she is not praying so that she can benefit from this. Okay, she is not praying so that she will have a big family. She is not praying because she wants to look good in the society. You want to know why she is praying? Read the next verse. It says, verse 11. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies. If you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then what will I do? Then I will share it on social media. I will testify about it. I will make a big deal about it, right? No. She says, then I will give him back to you and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. 
Wow. I'll tell you when you should pray. When you need something, you need an anointing, you need a blessing to serve God better. You pray for that. Amen. Yeah. If you, if you need money so that you can build the kingdom of God on the earth, you pray for that. Amen. You understand, both people, they are praying for money. Okay, one person is praying for money because they want their needs being met. They want to pay their children's school fees. The other person, he's praying for money because they want to build the kingdom of God on the earth. Not because they want to become rich out of this, but because they want to serve God's purposes on the earth. This is illegal, Jesus said. But what Hannah did, that is legal. It is okay for you to pray that God would bless you with money when you don't have money to give to the Lord. Like on a Sunday, when you come to church and you, you don't have money for offerings, that is a day you need to pray for money. Because you're, you're not praying that you will become, it's not about you. Now it's about God, I, if you will give me money, I want to give it to you. I want to build your kingdom with this. I want to serve my church. I want to give it back for your glory. Whatever you give me, I will give it back to you. If the motivation for your prayer is to bring worship to God, then that is a good prayer. If the motivation for your prayer is to bring glory to yourself, then that is a bad prayer. You understand the difference? So here is Hannah praying. She's saying, Lord, all that I need is a son. And if you would give me a son, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him back to you. There, there is such a big difference between Eli's sons and Hannah's son. Here is Eli's you know, family who is taking from what belongs to God. And here is Hannah's family who is saying, God, I don't have a son yet, but if I get a son, I'm going to give him away. I don't want to, I don't want to become fat based on you know, what is in the tabernacle. No, no, no. I want to give him away to you. In fact, if Hannah says, you know what, I will make him a priest, but now the whole family will settle around him. Do you know Hannah can become very wealthy? Because all of Israel is now going to bring their offerings to Samuel. If Hannah stays with Samuel, Hannah will also be receiving the wealth that is coming to Samuel. But Hannah says, no, 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 that's not what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give him away. He will not belong to our family anymore. We don't need him. If you will give me a son, I'm going to return him back. His entire lifetime, not two years, not three years, not till he gets married. No, no, no. His entire lifetime. You know, our condition, our giving to the Lord is very conditional, right? Till, till it crosses this amount. Or till it, you know, for this particular amount of time. I'm, here is Hannah saying, Lord, if you will bless me in this way, this person, this child of mine will belong to you his entire lifetime. And you know the story, verse 20. It says, and in due time, she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel. Why? Because she said, I asked the Lord for him. I asked the Lord. Like I told you, there are certain things you can ask for. Those are things that you are able to and you're willing to give back to God. And the Bible says she named him Samuel because she asked for uh, this child. It says in verse 24, when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. Then they brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. You know, I feel that there is a significance. This, please don't hold me to this. I feel that the reason they brought a three-year-old bull is because the day that he was born, they started preparing a bull to prepare for the sacrifice when he would go to the temple. That's why very specifically there is mention of how old the bull was. It says they took a three-year-old bull, which means technically speaking, Samuel would have been around three-year-old when he went into the temple. And the Bible says she took the bull and she took flour and wine to show to God that, you know, I, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give away. You know, this, is, this was a ritual in the Old Testament. Whenever 
there was somebody who belonged to God, who was supposed to be for God. So instead of killing that person, they would kill an animal instead of that person. Okay? Somebody who, who had made a vow to the Lord, they would, they would substitute an animal instead of that person and they would kill the animal. And here, Hannah, she is bringing an offering to the Lord along with her son and saying, this is worship. This is going to belong to the Lord. And then verse 25, it says, After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. And, and she tells Eli in verse 28, Now I am, come on, read it loudly with me. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. So this act of her giving the bull and giving the son to the Lord, that was an act of worship. That was her act of worship. That was what God considered as somebody who was honoring him. Do you remember what the prophet said? I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who take me lightly. So we, we read the story of somebody who, who took God's word lightly. We, we heard about somebody who did not esteem God highly. And now we are reading about somebody who is honoring God. With everything that God gave him, he, they are giving it back to God and they are saying, God, this belongs to you. This is for your house. This is for your glory. All through my life, this is what I'm giving back to you so that he can belong to you his whole life. Then the Bible says this, this is hard. In chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel. Not with? What? Without Samuel. So as a young boy, Samuel, it says he served the Lord by doing what? By assisting the priest. He, he, he had the option of going back home to his comfort. His parents had the option of saying, you know what, before when we made the decision, we didn't know if this boy was, is going to be able to handle this. So can, can you please give me some more time? See, according to the Old Testament ritual, he's not supposed to serve as a priest till the age of 30. He cannot. He's technically useless. He cannot serve in the temple till the age of 30. But as a three-year-old boy, he's brought into the house of God and he's told to now go and assist the man of God who is serving God. And God saw that and God said, wait a minute, I will honor those who honor me and I will like despise or I will likely esteem those who despise me. So when God saw this person, you know, this two stories is happening parallelly where on one hand, God is seeing these two sons who are taking away from what belongs to him. And here is the other family that is now willing to give away what what naturally belongs to them, they're willing to give it away to God. You know, there are so many people who have been blessed by God when, they, when their wombs were shut. But not everybody decided to give away their child like this. Do you know of any other story in the Bible where, you know, the, the child was disconnected from, from such a small age? They say that John the Baptist was somebody like this. But other than that, we don't hear of other stories of a child, you know, mothers, I, I'll ask you, will you, will you let your child go off? And if that is your first and the only child that you have, will you let your child go off at that tiny age and saying, okay, let them stay in the, stay in the tabernacle, let them just go around, assist the priest. Mama, where, I don't get to play in the tabernacle. I'm not allowed to make noise here. I, I, I don't get to have a normal childhood like everybody else does. You know, every year the mother would come to visit, right? Can you imagine Samuel's complaints? <laughs> you know, all, all my other friends, they, you know, out there, they, they, they get to go have sleepovers at their friends' homes. They get to have fun. But look at me, my, my life is so constricted because of the promise that you made to God. And that is, that is what worship really is. That is what honoring God really means. And God looks at that. And, and, and it is when God is seeing all of this that in chapter 2, God sends a man of God saying, 
I'm going to honor those who honor me and I'm going to despise those who despise me. You know, I, I read these stories separately, but actually it is intermingled. If you read it, you will see that they are happening at the same, very same time. And then Samuel, as a boy, he served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. I'm going to reread verse 17, okay? Just for context. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 17, it says, So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with, with contempt. Verse 18, it says, But Samuel, though he was only a boy, he served the Lord, and he wore a linen garment like that of a priest. He's not a priest yet. He doesn't need to wear linen. He can, he can wear ordinary comfortable clothes. But as a, as a little child, as a boy, he began wearing linen garments. You know, linen garments are expensive. Linen garments are not like cotton clothes. Linen garments are expensive, especially in those days. It was something meant only for the priests. And the Bible says, as a boy, he started changing his dressing sense. He's not, he's not dressing like every child in, the, in, in, in Israel. He's dressing differently because he knows where he is headed to. All, you know, this is, the, this is the exposure his mom has given him. This is the exposure he has received from the people around him that, hey, sooner or later, this is the man, this is the boy that the Lord is going to use. So as a child, his dressing sense has changed. As a child, he, the, the way that he, will, he would look on the outside, it has changed. Verse 19, it says, Each year, his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. In other words, the mother did not stop sacrificing. The mother did not stop worshipping God after you know, Samuel was born. See, earlier years, I can imagine why she came to church. Because she was saying, God, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. But guess what? She continued to come to church even after she got a son. She continued to come to church even after she gave away everything she had. She came back for sacrifice. And it says, before they returned home, verse 20, Eli, he would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, which means this is not a one-time affair. Every year she kept doing it. You know, it says each year she did it. And each year, you know, Eli kept blessing and saying, you know what? May the Lord give you other children to take the place of the one that she gave to the Lord. Every year, he, you know, Eli, with whatever faith he had, he, he kept declaring, you know, the goodness of God upon um, Elkanah's family. And guess what happened? Let's read on. It says in verse 21, And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived, and she gave birth to three sons and two daughters. See, on one side, God says, hey, if, because you've been dishonoring me, I'm going to put an end to your family line that is serving me. But on the other side, God says, hey, if I can find a faithful priest, I'm going to raise him up and he will do what I desire and I will establish his family and I will bless his home and I will make sure that for generations they will serve me and they will serve my purposes. But verse 21, it says, Meanwhile, Samuel grew up where? In the presence of the Lord. You know, the number of times this is mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2, it's almost like, you know, the author wants us to know that this is, this is, this is the highlight. You know, initially, he says, you know, like when everybody else get to go back home, Samuel stayed and he assisted the priest. Okay? The next time it says, when everybody else wore ordinary clothes, Samuel, this is what he did, he wore linen clothes like that of a priest. The third thing that, say, that it says is, when everybody else had a normal life, it says Samuel, his growth, his increase was in the presence of the Lord. His growth was not because of the chicken biryani he ate. His growth was in and by and through the presence of the Lord. It says in verse 25. You want to read verse 25 once more time? Let's read. But Eli's sons, they wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was planning to put them to death. 
Verse 26, the very next verse, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel, he grew taller and he grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. Comparison again, the sons of Eli who did not listen to their father. On the other hand, you have a boy Samuel. It still calls him a boy, not a son. Not a man, but the boy Samuel, the inexperienced guy, the guy that doesn't know a lot about the world. It says this boy Samuel, he grew in stature. He grew taller and he grew in favor with the Lord and with men. Check this out. This is, this is what happens to somebody who grows in the presence of the Lord. This is, this is where the Lord is calling us. Are we willing to give everything that God gives us back to him and saying God we want our lives to bring honor to you it, it doesn't matter if I if I if anybody looks up to me or not it doesn't matter what people say about me it doesn't matter how many followers I have all that matters is can I build your house with everything that I am can I build your kingdom with everything that you give me if the blessings that I am receiving it is not going back to God, then those are not really blessings. They're distractions taking me away from God. The, the purpose of God blessing me has to be so that I can bless the body of Christ. It has to be so that I can contribute. You know, I, I want to re, re-emphasize on the lifestyle of Samuel. The Bible says, Samuel, he had to, when his family went back, Samuel, he was brought to Eli. And Samuel was left to serve the Lord under the leadership of Eli. This is what he did. He just started assisting Eli, the priest. Was Eli perfect? He wasn't. But then this is where Samuel's honor to the Lord began. He began by honoring a man that God had appointed. And then eventually Samuel started wearing what Eli was wearing. Eventually, Samuel started experiencing the same presence of the Lord that was supposed to be Eli's portion. You know, in the Old Testament, only the high priest had access into the presence of God. Even the ordinary priests, even the normal priests, they did not, they were not allowed to cross into the Holy of Holies. Because in the Holy of Holies, God's presence was there. Anybody that would enter into the Holy of Holies, they will be struck dead. But here is a man who who is now assisting the man of God, now wearing the clothes that the man of God wore, now he is beginning to experience the presence of the Lord that was the man of God's portion. And ultimately, the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, he started growing. He started growing in stature. And he started growing in favor. You know, when Pinky said, this, this is the season for the Lord's favor, I'm telling you how to achieve this favor. It is by you honoring God's presence. It's by you honoring God. It is by you finding ways to honor the ways of God, the things of God. It's, it's not in the songs that we sing that we honor God. It's not in the way that we jump. The higher the jump, the, the more the honor. No, it's not like that. We have, to become, we have to become intelligent to understand how can I honor God in this house? How can I honor God in this generation? And here was... Here was uh, Hannah, she did not know all the things that is happening behind the scene. She just said, God, whatever you give me, I'm going to give it back to you. Whatever you bless me with, I'm going to bless your house with that. And eventually that became, that blessing that she gave back to God became the person who would fill a vacuum in the house of God. That when God had to replace uh, Eli, God found a faithful Samuel. That God said, I'm going to raise this man instead of Eli. Let's read that verse one more time. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. Loudly. But I will honor those who honor me. And I will despise those who think lightly of me. One more time. I will honor those who honor me. And I will despise those who think lightly of me. One more time. I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. This is what the Lord is speaking to us church today. Can you find ways to honor me? Can you find 
methods. You know, the rest of the month, we are just going to be meditating on this. How can we honor the Lord? How can we honor the people that God has placed over our lives? You know, I'm, the reason I, I shared this story is to lay the foundation for what we are going to study the rest of the month. You know, so that then you will understand why we are talking about honoring God. Because when we honor God, God chooses to honor us. There is an honor that can come from God. And there is an honor that comes from people. The honor that comes from people, it is very temporary. It is, it is not life-lasting. It, it is sometimes for a season. It is sometimes for, you know, a, a, an occasion. The same people that called Jesus the king and they called him Hosanna. They worshipped him. The next day they were saying crucify him. Right? So the honor that people give you, it is temporary. Yeah. You like it or not? The, the honor that, that you get from your circumstances, it is temporary. But the honor that you get from God, when the heavens open up and God says, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. I'm, I'm, I'm well pleased in this son. I'm well pleased in this daughter. That is an honor that doesn't get taken away. So when we can just be positioned in that place to just honor God with our entire life. This morning, I want you to pray. I want you to ask God to give you something. Not so that you can be blessed, but so that you can bless. Not so that you can be famous, but so that you can make him famous. Not so that you can be happy, but because you want to make God happy with what you get in your life. Can we pray for that? All eyes closed. I don't know the area of the greatest need in your life. But I want you to ask the Lord for a blessing in that area. If it is the area of finances, then I want you to pray and ask God for a breakthrough in your finances. If it is the area of relationships, then I, I want you to ask the Lord to open a door for your relationship. If it is an area of, you know, your ministry your, or, or your career, or you're serving, I want you to ask the Lord to open a door in those respective places. But please, my dear friends, can it be not because you want to benefit from this? So that Can it be not so that you can become fat from this? No, no, no. This church is different. This church has a unique DNA. This church is a faithful church. This church is a church that will serve God for God. This church is a church that, is, that, that knows that they have a father in heaven who knows their needs. So when we pray, can we pray because we want to increase in our honor? Say, God, give me whatever it takes to increase in my giving back to you. Give me this blessing so that I can increase in my generosity. Give me this blessing so that I can increase in the worship that comes to you from this church. Yeah, we, we want our church services to multiply, Lord, but that is because we want greater worship to come out of here for you. Not because we want a big church, but because we want more people to receive Jesus in this place. Lord, yes, we, we want a bigger property. We want our own building. We want our own place, but it is not because we want to be famous. It is not because we want to be established, but because we want to bring glory to you in Bangalore. It is so that we can train pastors and leaders to, to be sent out as missionaries to the ends of the earth from this city, Lord. That is why we pray today for our own land. Yeah, we are not praying for ourselves. We are not praying so that we can be happy, we can be wealthy. No, we are praying so that you can be glorified, oh God. So that you can be honored, Lord. You, your name can be magnified through our lives in this church, in this city. Yes, Lord. Come on, pray, pray for your homes right now for a quick minute. Pray for your families. Pray for your children. Children that are not yet even born. Can you pray for them? Hannah prayed for a child that was not yet born. So can you pray for a child, for, for, a, for a circumstance that's not even there in the physical realm right now? Can you pray for that? Some of you, you may, you may be praying for a business that is not even established. It's okay. You can pray. Like Hannah prayed for Samuel, you pray. And you say, Lord, if you will bless me in this area, if you will bless me with a business, if you would bless me, with a ministry like this 
it will all go back to you it will all be for your glory it will all be for your honor yes malandoro boserere come on let's pray let's pray let's pray let's pray let's pray malandoro boserere all over this place let 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 your let your desires sink with the desire of god let your desires be replaced by the desires that god has let your let your cries be replaced by the cry in the heart of god let your hunger be replaced by the hunger in the heart of god today we we cannot go another day just craving for our own blessings and our own children and our own increase and our own bodies to become more fat and fat no 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 today lord we repent of that old way of thinking because there are seasons when we have taken you lightly there are seasons when we when we esteemed you light but in this season lord we want to honor you with everything yes lord lord your word says that we have to honor you with our substance and this morning we honor you with our substance lord we honor you with our giving we honor you with our sacrificial coming to church we honor you with our time lord we honor you in the clothes that we wear we honor you in the way that we serve our leaders just like samuel he assisted his priest lord we will honor you by assisting our leaders we will honor you by by building your house in this city yes lord this morning we honor you we honor you lord with everything that we do lord Lord we thank you for a spirit of repentance. Lord we will not be a church that would listen to Eli but or disobey. No we will be a church that would listen to instructions and have the grace to obey. We will listen to a word and we will have the grace to submit to that word. Lord this morning I I declare there is a spirit of repentance that is coming upon each and every one of us. Thank you for tuning in for today's sermon. We hope this word has been a blessing to you. Do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information. You are welcome to tune in every Sunday for our live celebration service at 11 a.m. on our channel youtube.com/pastorpriji. God bless you and have a blessed week.